everyone. It is Monday, October 9th. Um, we are recording our tape to tape podcast at approximately 1.36 p.m. on Indigenous Peoples Day, welcoming mm-hmm. in my co-host, Carolyn, hoping uh, you had a wonderful weekend. I did. I did. Lots of hockey practice, um, you know. Hey, and don't forget, it's also a Canadian Thanksgiving, so we want to say happy Thanksgiving. Canadian friends. <laughs> um, and hockey season can't start soon enough mm. for the bleeding eyes of uh, Austin sports fans between <laughs> the debacle that was the Red Sox season ah. and the disarray going on with the New England Patriots. New England's lonely eyes are now being turned to our Boston Bruins as they get ready to get down to business. Amen. For 11th. Shit is real, my friend. It is. And we've been refreshing our browsers all day, hoping to see that final roster drop. the reason why we are talking about the very specific time at which we are recording is because uh, by 5 p.m. Eastern today, we are supposed to hopefully see all of the rosters, but rosters are due at 5 p.m. today. Uh, and we are waiting with bated breath to see uh, if our favorite new guys have actually pulled it off and made the team. Um and we know they had a practice today. Is that right? That is correct. They had a practice this morning and the practice lines this morning, um, according to a, are we still allowed to call it tweets? I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, Fluto Shinzawa. This morning's practice lines consisted of JBR Zaka Pasta, Marshy Coyle JD, Freddie Quatra, Geeky, Lucic, Beecher, with time, it appears, shared by Laco and Heinen. On defense, we had pairings of Grizz and Charlie, Hampus and Carlo, Forbert and Shattenkirk, and Lorai and Mitchell. So based on that, it it's, seems to me, if um, everyone looks at this with a common sense approach, mm-hmm. the guys that are needing to have decisions made one way or the other would be Poitra, definitely, um, and Lori, definitely, as far as I'm concerned. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts are, but those are the two guys that I'm honing in on. Mm-hmm. Maybe Beecher's in that bubble as well? Yep. Yeah, I I think it's really interesting. I think uh, if I'm recalling correctly over the past, week or so at least in the last few practice lines that i've seen um seeing jvr being on that top line has has been intriguing to me i was like okay okay all right let's see how that goes um but yeah i'm definitely following very closely to see how beecher and lori um come out of this at this point i mean i would be completely blown away if we don't see patra on opening night um you know per the uh chl nhl transfer agreement um you know he gets a little bit of extra time there um 
And so they're going to give it to him because why not? Um, but I'm really, I, I, I'm really intrigued, uh, and hoping to see Beecher and Lowry. Um, Beecher wasn't on my radar to begin with. Um, he also was one that kind of popped up for me and I was pleasantly surprised and I really liked, I really liked what I was seeing, you know, I don't know if it was because I just consume Boston Bruins produced media or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, like their social media and behind the B and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I was initially focusing primarily on like Lysel and um, McLaughlin and like those guys, because they've, they've talked about them. They've put them in the spotlight in the past. Um, so I didn't even have Beecher on my radar. Um, but I think for that fourth line, if, if we're looking at Luch and Beecher right there and Beecher is not sharing time with anyone that it's Lauko and Heinen, I think, I think we're going to see Beecher. Um, I, with Lauko and Heinen, I'm guessing maybe they're trying to make a decision right there. That's why they were sharing time. Um, it's an interesting, interesting <laughs> uh, enigma. Your favorite. <laughs> I know. I, I <sighs> nothing personal, guys. There's just <laughs> when I make up my mind about a player, it's really hard to turn it around. Uh, but I think with Heinen, a, a lot of it factors into mathematics. Don't mm-hmm. think? Yeah. I, 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 they, they do have some cap. Space with the room. I think mm-hmm. they have, you know, 800 and some odd dollars available. Yeah. Cap space. And what I hear from folks that cover the team very regularly is that they either think he should make the team and the Bruins should sign him, but he's also an NHL player. So that means he's going to likely want NHL money. Well, what, mm. what, is, what is that? mean right for him what does that mean for the cap situation of of this team mm-hmm. yeah because if, if you give him a one-year deal even even say under you know lucic money yeah still up but you're, you're still get yourself potentially in red numbers when you yeah. need to be cap compliant not only does your roster have to be set today everybody needs to be cap compliant by yep. today yep well. And actually, I'm I'm looking at cap friendly right now as we speak, and their projected cap space right now is even less than what you were thinking. Uh, it is six hundred and eighty four thousand and change. Over the weekend, even. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, again, I, I don't know how you make that work. You know, in terms of sending guys to town to Providence, and you know what I also hear is the last thing a team wants to do in any, you know, is bury an NHL player. Yeah. In the AHL. Yeah. People can say all they want that they want to see Forbart off this roster and mm-hmm. down in the in the AHL. But first of all, it's not likely the the Bruins will do that. And second yeah. of all, some of that money is still going to hit the Bruins cap. Yeah. It's not it's not an easy fix. Right. Right. And you know, I mean, we could go down that Forbart rabbit hole anytime I anytime and we likely will throughout the course of the season oh I'm sure 
I'm sure. So we're definitely have to put a pin in that because I'm I, I'm I'm not a Forbert hater. Um, so you know, uh, I don't understand the the you know, I wouldn't even call that the Boston treatment, as I like to call it, when the fan base just picks on one player because there's always one player that is going to get the Boston treatment. You know, for years it was Tuka Rask and. You know, right now I think it's Matt Grizzlick where it's just like, I don't know, all of a sudden the fan base is like, what what the hell are you doing here? You're no good to us. You're no good. You're all, like, blah, 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 blah. It went in, you know, on paper and in factuality, like in all actuality, that person is a tremendous player. But um, anyways, those are the old guys. We're, we're talking about these new guys. So I'm 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 also really intrigued to see what happens um, on defense, because I think my prediction is that, you know, with our forwards, um, that's looking like a pretty set situation. Um, But obviously we we only have three pairings for defensemen and they were obviously practicing before. So I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Like. Where's Lowry gonna land Mitchell? I don't. I don't know. If I had to pick between Lowry and Mitchell, mm-hmm. I'm keeping. I, I'd like to see Lowry, but here, here's here's the issue with, with likely either one of those guys. And um, Bob Beers made this case on the mm-hmm. AT&T Hockey Show on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You're gonna keep a kid like Lowry on the big boy roster. That he's absolutely right. You have to play him. You can't yeah. see him up on the ninth floor. Mm-mm. So no. how how do you manage how do you manage that? Who's, right. who's the odd man out? Do do you give Lori a chance and you know you end up putting I don't know potentially Forbert or Shattenkirk up on a rotating basis up on the ninth floor? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, Shattenkirk, I feel. Like the team, somebody, Sweeney, somebody, whoever, uh, has a role in mind uh, for him. I think somewhere over the summer, I was hearing like a basically cheaper version of Uncle Nick. <laughs> Heck of a lot cheaper. Um, but, you know, Nick Felino was brought in for you know, that leadership and I get kind of like how he was uncle Nick for the, the bottom six. Right. So like, I, that's my impression as to the reason why Shattenkirk was brought in and then he cost less money. Um, cause Nick Foligno certainly wasn't good when they brought him on board. So, um, like I can't imagine Shattenkirk not playing. And yes, in, in Foligno's defense, he had a lot of, injuries and other issues going on last last season was he was he was good last oh he was spectacular i was really he was really good last season yeah yeah given his prior yeah his prior couple seasons but so i i just from what i'm understanding shan kirk's the whole reason why he's over here i He's I, he's got a spot, I think. I think where we saw him in practice lines as, you know, the uh, sixth, probably, defenseman, um, 
I don't, I don't know. I'm stumped. I wish I could be more predictive in my guess here, but this one's got me real stumped. And usually I can pick, I can make a decision, but on this one, I can't. I literally can't. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure what the thinking is other than death, okay? And, and cost. And cost. This is an accounting issue at this point. <laughs> right. right, because you were, you were, you were, you were trying to buy groceries on a budget. Yeah. You had a really tight budget. Yeah. And so, you know, as we all know, throughout the course of a season, there are injuries. Somebody's going to get hurt. I mean, look how we started last season. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Half our elite guys. (laughs) No no Matt Grizzlick. No Brad Marchand. Uh, You know, we had some significant guys who were going to be out for extended periods of time. And and that depth Mm -hmm. um, not only helped keep them above water, it helped propel them to a flipping winning record. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, we were all praying that they would just be able to to keep their head above water. So, um, yeah. You know, you can, to me, just just as in baseball, where you can never have enough pitching, you can never have enough defensemen. Yes. In in hockey, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It's uh I mean it's a good problem to have. It certainly is a good problem to have. Um I'm just super excited to see where we land. And the best thing about at least with you know, Beecher, but also Lowry. Um, and I know we will see Mason Lowry play NHL games this year. Monty essentially said it at the on the bench interview, whatever, against the Rangers. He's like, it's just a matter of when, but he will be playing this season. So like, great. Um, and the good news for us is the fact that because of their age, uh, and the way the CBA was written with regards to waivers. So, you know, as just a quick little primer, uh, I, the hockey writers um, have a great little write-up on what waivers, you know, what waivers mean and that that incredibly complex uh, collective bargaining agreement, because I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm, that stuff's drier than saltine so i'm not gonna sit there and try and read the cba but i yeah i don't have time i don't have time (laughs) um but you know a player's waiver status is based on a combination of the age when he signs the contract and then also the number of games that were played after that contract or and or years in the league so they have this little Math formula that determines the player's age. So it's like their waiver age may or may not be their actual age. So, for example, um, Beecher and Lowry are both actually 22 years old, but Beecher's waiver age is 21. It's based on like, you know, again, when he signed the contract, what time of year his birthday falls and then Lowry is waivers age 22. So essentially they are waivers exempt. Um three years from signing or whichever comes first for low ride 70 NHL games for Beecher it's 80. So like they're both probably at least for another year waivers exempt. Um, so that's good news for us because if for some reason, you know, 
money becomes an issue, accounting gets hairy and we have to, you know, Sweeney has to make decisions. At least if we have to send them out to the AHL, um, we don't have to worry about anyone nabbing these guys. Um, and they can come back at any time, which is great too. I mean, as much as it stinks to have to have a guy go back and forth from the AHL to the NHL, at least we've got them right in our back pocket. You know, like you said, injuries, someone has a terrible, you know, week and they suck. (laughs) We can bring somebody up to shake things up. Um, the thing that gets tricky for the Bruins is Patra. Um, that's going to be like a, that's an all or nothing kind of situation. So with that agreement, that transfer agreement, you know, they'll have them up for, they can have them for nine games, I believe it is. Right. And then the Bruins have to decide, is he going to be a Boston Bruin, which I mean, like, unless something absolutely catastrophic happens in the first nine games of the season with this kid. I mean, I can't imagine they will because of just what I've seen. Um, They have to have him up there. They can't go and then hide him in the AHL. If they decide after nine games, they're like, "Mm, let's come back to this. They can't bring him back until the end of his team's season and he also has to meet an age requirement, which coincidentally his birthday is like in early March and the last day of the season for his team is March 24th. So they would have to say goodbye to him from, you know, late October, early November until literally March 25th. So <laughs> they, yeah, they can't bring him back. It's kind of a not the best case scenario for the player himself it yeah and it's very it's very uh league friendly so he's in the ohl i believe um you know this is a benefit for them that's absolutely not a benefit to the players but you know the, the leagues the ohl all of the canadian hockey leagues i mean they're also a business and they want to make sure that they have talent uh within their system and so this prevents significant loss of talent because they want people to come and see but they suck (laughs) isn't it a business though to grow and develop this talent to become and so i'm gonna this is a little bit of a rant to become nhl players so the the rule itself while i understand it is sometimes a little bit prohibitive Mm -hmm. to the player Oh, yeah. Such as, you know, Amadi Quadra, who Mm -hmm. is trying to make his way to the big boys. Not everyone can be Connor Bedard. (laughs) Maybe that's something that, you know, people smarter than we are should Mm. perhaps start looking at and maybe trying to, you know, tweak a little bit and make it a little bit more user friendly um, from an AHL standpoint, particularly. Yeah. Well, and I think that's. I think that's the biggest issue is the fact that all of the all of the CHL, so we'll just refer to all of those leagues as the CHL, they don't see themselves as a development league for the NHL. They don't want to be viewed that way, would be my assumption. Um, and so 
if they could have their way, I wouldn't be surprised if they would want to be considered competition to the NHL. Um, but since they know that they can't be, they set up these rules and these parameters to at least keep players, young players, uh, who have a lot of potential and talent in the arenas and the rinks so they can get butts in the seats. I mean, you know, it's, it sucks for the players. I, I agree. I wish there was some kind of better arrangement or alternative because, uh, you know, I was reading uh, up on this agreement on um, the hockey news and, and that was also a really great article about, you know, sometimes um, just, mentally emotionally guys need to develop too not not just physically like you know because how many we've seen plenty of nhl players start at 18 and they do fine and others don't you know and that's maybe because of the physicality or the same thing with the ahl and so like the the chl because it is so um you know, heavier on the younger players, it can help them kind of adjust with all of these different things that happen, especially, you know, this is, this is my, my, my psych degree coming through, but like, that's a really huge time period for, you know, social and mental and emotional development in the brain, 18 to 22. And so like, it's a tumultuous time for a young person to begin with and some of them are ready and some of them aren't. And that's where the CHL comes in and can really help them. Um, but then they kind of trap them there, whether or not they're ready to move on, right. If they're ready to move on, but contractually they can't get out of it. There's there's there. And then, you know, God forbid they miss the boat on an opportunity because COVID or, you know, like you never know what's going to happen in the world. It seems to me that there's a there's a there's a push pull uh -huh. relationship, and you know if 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 the goal is to develop uh -huh. NHL ready players, yeah, then you know I think there needs to be a little bit more flexibility. I guess for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. when it comes to a situation such such as what this young man is 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 currently in right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope um, with any of the young guys, you know, that and under Patrice Bergeron's leadership, certainly there was never any worry that, you know, these young guys are going to get the support that they need. Because, again, you know, we've talked about this, like someone like J.D., when all of a sudden he's on the other side of the continent and he's cut off from his family, all the issues and things that they may go through. Jeremy Swayman, you know. His family's all the way out in Alaska, like making, sh yeah, making sure that those young guys was, was, yeah, it was a challenge. Yeah. The you know, was definitely a challenge. And I think more, more significantly, it seems, or maybe more was, was written about it for, mm -hmm. for Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. Um, than for some of the other players on the Bruins roster during yeah. that time that we yeah. actually heard about. Yeah, because it significantly impacted his play. I mean, you see it all the time with these with these guys, no matter their age, right? Like, again, you're talking about Nick Foligno. Not only did he have physical injuries, he was physically removed from his family. That can be tough, you know, or Jeremy Swayman going through a breakup. Like, just if you think about it in the terms of your own life experience and going to work, 
right? Like life and things happen. It can affect your job. And this is what it is. It's a job, but they're also very young and a lot of pressure is being put on them. So hopefully if our favorite new young guys uh, get to live the dream and get to play for the Boston Bruins, I hope that they are developed and supported really, really well um, to make sure that, you know, that we've got that that the team is investing in these young people and that we've got them for a long time. You know, that's what you ultimately want to see. You want to see them be happy and do well and set them up for success. So it's a very exciting time to witness these, this, uh, this, uh, these young, yeah, these young people. Hearing that and, and yeah. been clamoring for, um, yeah. For for quite some time, and I know much much has been made, um, myself included, about the abysmal draft history. I know of Don Sweeney and and his his fellow colleagues, but um, yep. Given what we're we're currently seeing from some of the the very players that we're we're speaking about um, today, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think I think there's there hope springs eternal. Is that, yeah. is that the saying hope springs eternal? Yeah. Just quickly yep. on Jake DeBrus too. There was yep. an interesting um not question, but um one of the beat writers asked Don Sweeney um about Jake DeBrus' mm. contract status for this upcoming season. So Jake is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, yes, that's his first time, yeah. Yeah, 2020 24/25 big year and don sweeney's comments were that um negotiations were quote unquote ongoing to me yeah. that's code for let let's see what he does let's yeah. see what he does this season um and then then we'll talk plus who knows what the cap is going to be like that's that's the thing that sucks i mean this year was really hard and i gotta say i'm super impressed with the fact that the bruins pulled off not only an an obscene contract with david posternock but then also i don't feel like we had to give up a ton to get to where we are in terms of the cap like well i feel very good about our roster but yeah i mean jd i a bit of a lightning rod player in Yes, he. Yes, I was just going to say, I'm like, you know, he's gotten the Boston treatment before. And I almost wonder if, you know, because of that rough time that he was going through personally and, and you know, whatever. I mean, we obviously don't know all the details of what was going on in his life, but we know he wasn't happy. And when you're not happy, you don't want to go to work and give it your all. Right. So I feel like that's going to be something that, though, follows him forever forever in the boston fan community right like i just we've seen him perform at this really really elite level for at least a whole season part of a previous season we saw it before covid right this is who he was his his you know quote unquote freshman years rookie year and then he has two bad seasons because he was dealing with stuff and now every you know he's kind of getting part a partial 
Boston treatment of people saying, well, is he going to be good this year? Why not? Why? Why not? Why not? <laughs> why are you saying that about him? Pasta could suck. <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> I don't want to say he was set up to fail. But yeah. when you you know you're you're drafted, mm-hmm. is, you know, used a number one pick, and they passed on Matt Barzal to pick Jake DeBrusque. Yep. So that comes with a lot of expectation. Yeah. From you know not just management, from fans, and even from yourself. Mm-hmm. So, again, and everybody responds to that differently. Some rise to the occasion and some, I don't want to say crumble under the pressure, Mm -hmm. but you know, the stick gets likely a little tight and a little tighter and a little tighter. So, um, you know, he, he showed, he showed his abilities last season. Yeah. There's no reason why that those abilities and that success can't carry forward into this season, whether yep. it's to get a contract, a new deal with the Bruins or some mm-hmm. other team. Or get a good pay raise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. And this it's, it's is his hands. It's up yeah. to him. Yeah. It's up to him. Yep. To do the, you know, pay me the money, show me the money. Yep. A hundred percent. And this is, it's so funny that you bring this up because uh, so we had, we had a listener submission from our friend, Adrian, um, who, <laughs> um, providing feedback. Yes. Um, but Adrian said, uh, something very similar. So I'll read a little bit of what, what he wrote. So Adrian says, I too am getting a little weary of much of the fan base's concerns, about player performance going into this season. We aren't going to win 60 plus games, but there is a portion of the fan base that assumes for some reason that everybody is going to somehow completely forget how to play. The reduced expectations on players like Allmark and JD are confounding to me, but speaks to the issues with Boston fans since 2004. We expect slash demand to win every year while simultaneously maintaining that the team is on the verge of collapse. We are veering dangerously close to Yankee fan territory and drives me nuts. Uh, Thank you, Adrian. Um, Yes, times a million. It's the most confounding thing. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a part of any other kind of like fan base community. Uh, so I don't know if this is like a hundred percent unique to us. I'm sure there are other fan bases that also do this very similar thing, but he's exactly right. He's like, we are, you know, expecting, uh, uh, you know, an 82 and 0 season, but also expect our players to be garbage. What, what especially after watching preseason like preseason doesn't matter preseason is a roster of guys most of whom are not going to play <laughs> so, so like relax everybody relax take a breath people take a breath. And I, i'm going to i'm going to like age myself and date myself that i'm i'm going to talk about boston sports pre 2004 Mm-hmm. Which were other than the dark days. Oh my god. Like, you can't imagine what it was like. 
Okay. <laughs> Between the misery and the curse of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. The New England Patriots and, and the Sullivan family nearly flushing the team down the toilet. <laughs> If it wasn't for the 70s Boston Bruins. I know. Sports would would be virtually non-existent. Yeah. But then, fast forward to 2004. Mm -hmm. The Red Sox break the curse. The Patriots win their first um, Super Bowl in 2001 and kick off a dynasty, the likes of which will never be seen again while I'm still on this earth. We don't know about anybody else. (laughs) Then we have, you know, the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Who had their litany championships, but, you know, they went off the radar for a little bit and won again in 2008. And so it's a culmination of a a generation and a a fan base Mm -hmm. that wasn't exposed Right. The, the bad time. Yeah. Yeah. And you just think that you're going to win every year. Yep. You're not going to win every year. And it's unrealistic yep. to expect to win every year. How yeah. It is not unrealistic to expect your teams to be competitive. Yeah. Particularly when you've established a penchant for winning. Uh-huh. So then when you try to divert from that formula, that's right. when the fan base comes after you. Oh, God, and yeah. If, if the Bruins have shown nothing else since 2011, it's that they are committed to putting a winning team on the ice season after season. Long gone yep. are the days that the Jacobs family, Mr. Jacobs in mm-hmm. particular, Jeremy, would not even allow management to spend to the cap. Those <laughs> days are gone. Yeah. Those days are long gone, thankfully. Yep. Thank yep. So, you know, I I, I think if, if people take a half-full half full <laughs> approach and you look at this <laughs> roster and you see... This is not going to be a bad team. This is going to be a good team. Is it going to be a historically great team? No. Right. Unequivocally, no. No. What happened last season happens once in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, the end result of last season will not repeat itself this season, but there's a long way to go and a lot of pieces to fall into place before you even start talking about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I didn't even think about it. And you're absolutely right. The fact is, it's the last 20 years in Boston sport history has seen such immense success at literally all four, you know, sports. I mean, I I don't think there's a city anywhere who has had uh, what is it if it's not a trifecta quadfecta (laughs) of championship experience in that span of time I mean I'm even just trying to think about New York but for New York to qualify I would have to say like the Yankees and the Mets and the Giants and the like you I don't know you just haven't seen it it's and for that to happen 
fairly regularly over the last 20 years. Um, yeah, you make an awesome point. I didn't even think about that. Um, no, but yeah. I'll be disappointed, right? I mean, sure. We're, we're still disappointed after last season, the end to last season. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the fact of the matter remains is that we were there. Yeah. We had an extremely talented, competitive, mm-hmm. historical team. Yeah. But that doesn't guarantee. Right. Anything. going to win. Yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, that's, that's for me, that's what I love about the game of hockey and why, you know, I, you always have to play all these games. You got to play all the games to get to the, to the championship, right? Like, you know, I hear people who aren't hockey fans comment about like, oh, I just don't understand. Like, why do you have to play, you know, all that many games? It's like, because that's how hockey is. It, you can have all that talent. You can have all that skill. You can be very good. But at the end of the day, a puck bounce can change the outcome of a game. And, you know, it's the it's the hockey gods that we always like to talk about. It's like, that's what makes hockey exciting and interesting to me as a sport in general. There are no guarantees. The outcome is not a guarantee. And it's exciting. And and the great thing about the start of a new season is everybody starts at zero. A hundred percent. At zero. Mm-hmm. Yep. But speaking of these uh, predictions and like where everybody thinks they're going to go, you sent me a, a really, a, we'll call it a, a interesting hot takes. <laughs> I love cup predictions <laughs> from uh, NHL.com, right? Yes. So this these were um, posted to their their um, NHL.com website. Stanley Cup predictions for the upcoming season, put together by some of the NHL.com writers. Again, this is one man, one woman's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, in quickly going through um, those that participated in this, the majority of the staff writers or editors have the Boston Bruins Mm -hmm. in the mix in the Atlantic Division, either in, you know, a second place scenario or a third place scenario. There's always one, one person who leaves your head a little bit scratching where he had the Buffalo Sabres coming in third and the Bruins in a wild card spot, but that's okay. I mean, uh, still there. At, mm-hmm. at this point, given what happened last season, I'm my, my mantra this season is going to be just get in, just get in, sure. just get in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the, you know, these are people that cover NHL teams across the entire league. Yes. I, I've just focused on the Atlantic division where our Boston Bruins live, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the fan base who's already biting their fingernails before the puck even drops. <laughs> Take a breath. Take a breath. <laughs> Have a glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, and we'll, we'll share all of these links and, uh, to articles and things, um, that we've talked about today in our show notes. Um, but, the yes these are people who it's literally their job to be incredibly well informed about 
all 32 teams, right? And I I admit regularly, openly to everybody, I know the Boston Bruins inside and out. I have a general knowledge and understanding of what is happening outside of the Bruins. And like the amount that I know kind of slowly decreases as you get further and further away from the Bruins, right? So like if the Bruins are the peak of my knowledge, I know then about our division, the conference, and then whatever the heck is going on over in California, I probably heard, but I don't know the specifics. <laughs> but these people are the experts, right? Hypothetically are the experts. And yeah, we all start at zero, right? Yes. And the Bruins can play, uh, you know, the best of their ability. But at the end of the day, you know, it also isn't just about the talent, you know, how hard the Bruins play. It also depends on what other teams are doing, too. Like, they are also trying to play their best and, and work the hardest. And maybe they just are a little bit luckier, right? Again, the hockey gods. But I got to tell you this. um, this guy that we were talking about, I think uh, it, he's the managing editor, Brian. I mean, he's probably not listening to this, but what the heck, man? <laughs> First of all, I, I, hot take. Writers that yeah. votes for this one random what Cy Young award. Oh my god, and that person wins, right? I mean, again, so I I live in New York State. Uh, uh, but I don't follow the Sabres because I'm on the other side of the state and I don't the Sabres. Sorry, they stink. They've not been great for a very, very long time. Um, so I've also been a little bit surprised that uh, multiple uh, people here have the Sabres finishing within the top three of the division, which I don't know. Maybe there's something I don't know uh, about maybe who they've signed over the summer. I mean, I know Cliffy's over there um, and they got super close to almost making a wild card spot. Um, but in my mind, that's not enough to then go from not making the playoffs and not making the playoffs for a really long time to all of a sudden, all these people having them, you know, as number two or number three finishing in the division. Like, I don't know. There must be something I'm missing that I'm not aware of. Because, again, like, it, the farther away out from Boston you get, the less I know. But, um, And I'm not professing to know any more than <laughs> <laughs> but what I will say about the Sabres are in terms of, I think you touched upon it, the push that they made last season, yeah. along with the fact that they have some very young and talented players yep. on that roster, yep. they have a goalie that if he plays up to the expected um, level, Devin Levi, um. He could be he could be a difference maker. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, He'd be a difference maker for them. So yeah, you know, and maybe maybe that's what you know this particular um, content is is mm -hmm. is putting all of his eggs in. But um, I I think you know they they're they're a young and up and coming team. Whether yeah. they can make that leap this season, yeah, um, I think is still TBD. Right? Yeah. Everybody's status, every team's status mm -hmm. is still 
yeah. deep because they haven't even dropped the puck yet. What yeah. is very interesting about this list is every single one of these um, writers or editors or contributors to NHL.com have the Toronto. I knew you were going to say that. And I love it because. <laughs> Oh, Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> Likely to happen. I mean, so, okay. Like, I'm looking at all of these lists and some of them I totally agree with, right? And I'm like, yes, I am on the same page with a lot of the the, the choices they have for the Metropolitan Division. Caroline, hell, hell yeah. Devils, yes. They are coming up. You know, I'm I'm not in disagreement with a lot Dallas and Colorado. Central yes, I am hundred percent on board. I get where they're coming from. But then again, like I'm pretty sure I'm looking at it right now. Toronto, 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 Toronto. Like no joke. Every single person has picked uh, Toronto Maple Leafs to be number it's one. Unanimous. It's 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 unanimous. And the conference champions—they win one round finally after six sixteen was it seasons? They shit the bed <laughs> in round two, and next this year they're supposed to be conference champions. And for some of these people, Stanley Cup champions. Oh my god. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! People are going to be right. I don't know when it's going to happen, but events. Maria, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? So you might have something there. And if if you know me, and Maria, I, I know you know me. Uh, as a Boston Bruins fan, my favorite thing to do is to make fun of anything related to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And this is hysterical to me. Have my blessing. Have my blessing in doing so because I myself know to engage in the sport. So it's my favorite thing to do. Um, even if I know better, I will still take uh, some joy in the Schadenfreude uh, that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, <laughs> Gotta have some, uh, somewhere along the way. It's yes, it's my favorite. Um, and just quickly, <laughs> this up, I just we, we neglected to touch upon the, the hanging out there on the waiver wire right now. Uh, yep, and that's Patrick Brown and AJ Greer. So, um, yep, those two players are still awaiting their fate. So, to yeah, so, yes, um, if they don't get picked up then they will likely be starting their season in providence yeah which good decision by management i was glad to see that they were you know making the right choice even if it was a hard choice with either folks that they have worked with for a long time or brought in for a purpose but you know I'm glad they didn't feel like they were beholden to Greer and Brown 
just because they had some special connection that they were, you know, doing that investment. The last game against uh, the last preseason game against the uh, Rangers. Mm-hmm. I think that was likely the best game that Greer had played that I had watched. Yeah. But other than that, you know, that was. He's, yeah. He's never been anything particularly special. Yeah. 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 So. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where we are right now. Uh, just a couple more hours. I mean, I'm still refreshing like crazy, but I haven't seen anything, um, yet. So. I'm like, going to my, my ex here. can't get past not calling it Twitter. Um. We can call it whatever we want. We'll just call it Twitter. Let's see, dear. We want and call whatever we want. Uh, so no, no updates yet. But I'm, I'm obviously, you know, well, before we go to bed tonight, we will know. I think so. I think so. What our Bruins roster? Yep. Um, will be. Yep. Puck um, puck drops tomorrow night, and what what a schedule. Yeah. That the uh, NHL has put together. I have to say. I'm loving just 5.30 p.m. Oh, love it. I don't don't know about the the, uh, Predators and Lightning fan base, whether they look like (laughs) hockey fans. Yeah. I'm liking this 5.30 p.m. So I'm excited for that time as well. You know, as a I've got a six year old and she might, you know, on a Friday or Saturday, get to watch the first period of a game uh, that starts at seven, um, you know, or the matinees. So if they could do more of this 530 business, my kid can watch more and everybody's more happy. <laughs> the only thing that makes me just, yeah, a little bit kind of like deflated by this is the fact that these games are on ESPN uh-huh. and are subject to their telecast. Oh, well. about jack edwards oh god some of the broadcasters other than sean mcdonough leave a little bit to be desired oh god i hate sean mcdonough but we can put a pin in that we'll talk about (laughs) oh it's the worst (laughs) tough yeah, yeah, I can say, give me, yeah. give me TNT. I, and I know you have your issue with with Paul Bissonnette, but that that broadcast team so far exceeds ESPN. Yeah, they can't even hold a candle to the guys on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but like you said, uh, NHL puck drop. One day, one more sleep, and two more sleeps till we get to see our 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 Boston Bruins kick off their centennial. That that uh, the 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 third game of the triple header is so late, ten thirty, Bracken <laughs> and the the Golden Knights, because mm. even for the first game of the season, that that could be some real smash mouth hockey, right? Well, now. yeah, that's going to be a good rematch. So we'll have to just watch the highlights past our bedtime. absolutely all right till next time
All right. Well, for listening, we are going to be hopefully on a uh, a weekly schedule now that the uh, the games start for real. So please, uh, please subscribe. You can find us on Spotify. You can find All right, me. We just got on... some breaking news before we actually go away. From <laughs> Elliot Friedman, the Calgary Flames have claimed AJ Greer. Now, while this is a bit of a disappointment, I'm sure, for the Bruins from a roster standpoint, it does help with giving a little bit of breathing room cap wise. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it does, it does. I mean, every little bit, every little bit helps at this point. Um, I'm sure that the Bruins likely thought or management likely thought that an AJ Greer would not clear waivers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, again, I don't know if we should refer to him potentially as a roster casualty, cap casualty, but there mm. you have it. Yep. And uh, Patrick Brown cleared. So that's where we are at for right now. Um, doesn't really change too much about what we discussed in terms of what we're thinking for the opening night. But um, yeah, that's something else. Oh well. Yeah, let's go and see how much how much money comes off uh, unless uh they've already updated this. So I just jumped on to Cap Friendly right now after that. He's already got a Calgary Flames. He's already assigned to Calgary Flames on Cap Friendly, by the way. <laughs> oh my god. This, this website, I'm telling you, whoever runs this website, I need to give them a big hop. They are phenomenal. Yep. So now the Bruins' projected cap space is jumped to. It's got to be a lot because he was 700. 446 plus. Yep. So again, now, did that help with the Danton Heinen situation? Maybe. We'll see what hits next. Yep. All right. Well, till Wednesday. Till Wednesday. Go Beans. <laughs> Man, <laughs> <laughs>